In the holy name of Jesus. Up to now, it had all been going so well. Yes, we've had a few kinks over the past few weeks, but Jesus has been there to sort them out. The first week of Advent, Jesus redeemed our brains. He kept all of us from being know-it-alls. From wrapping him up in a tiny little Christmas box of our own design and telling him who he could be and what he could do according to our specifications. And so the first week of of Advent was an absolutely brilliant gift because it freed us to have a Jesus who is bigger and better than we are, one who escapes our strictures. Come thou long-expected Jesus, yes, that is true, but it was also come thou unexpected Jesus. And he did, in fact, come in a way that was wonderfully beyond us, so beyond us that we can't imagine all that he will say and all that he will do and what sort of joy now lies before us as he gives us lives that matter and draws us back to Eden. That was the first week of Advent. Jesus redeemed our brains. And then last week, in the second week of Advent, Jesus redeemed our bodies. We so often have the notion that life is all about us And the cosmos revolves around us. It is all about our comfort and our pleasure and our ways. But in the second week of Advent, the Lord sent his man, John the Baptizer, to cure us of all that. Like Elijah from the wilderness, John came delivering the goods. A baptism for repentance. A baptism for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism that was not an end but the beginning of something grand. John's baptism became the starting point for a life of mercy and justice and peace and generosity, a life that John said is consumed by bearing fruits that befit repentance, fruits that scream so loudly that we have been moved from one world to another. And you remember that that fruit took the most practical of all forms. If you are a soldier, don't bully. If you are a tax collector, don't cheat. And if you have two coats, give one to the poor. So the first week of Advent, Jesus had his way with us, our justification. And then last week, Jesus had his use of us our sanctification. And all of that is bundled up in the blue color of the Advent candles. As you now know, blue is the color of sky and sea. And so the color of where they meet on the horizon, and the horizon is filled with anticipation of the next good thing that our Lord would be bringing us, what is just beyond our reach and yet on the way. Blue, then, in the church becomes the color of anticipation and hope. When Jesus has his way with us and Jesus has his use of us, as he has done in these first two weeks of Advent, then life together as his church, as his Eucharistic community, as his body on earth, life in the church is very, very hopeful And it can be very, very good. 
But life looks different from inside a jail cell. There sits John the Baptizer. You remember the story. King Herod did a bad thing. He stole his sister's wife. And John the Baptizer did a good thing. He rebuked King Herod for stealing his sister's wife. And then King Herod did a bad thing. He punished John for being good. Herod was a very, very difficult personality. And his prisons were more difficult still. So from prison, John the baptizer sends the message to his cousin Jesus. What is up? I was here for the first two weeks of Advent. And I thought Advent was all about axe to the root of the tree. And chaff scattered from wheat. And bad things burned up in unquenchable fire. I thought Advent was about making rough ways smooth and about the road rising to meet me and about Jerusalem becoming the highest mountain and the law of the temple becoming the law of the land. I thought Advent was about justice and mercy and peace and generosity. I thought Advent was about the Messiah. I thought it was about the Christ. And I thought he was you. And I did what I was told in body and in brain. I wore leather and camel's hair. And I ate locusts and wild honey, as Elijah did. And I never took a drink. And I lived alone in the wilderness. And I took on the establishment at my own risk. You brood of vipers is how I preached. And I proclaimed you as the Christ. And now, this third week of Advent, all things anti-Christ have the upper hand. And justice and mercy and peace and generosity are not prized. They are punished. And I, your prophet, am done for. Is this, O Lord, what you call Advent? Every real Christian has had this experience. You hear the call to repentance, and by the grace of God, you are only too happy to reorder your life, brain and body, head and heart, with all you have and all you are in love for God and others. You let Christ be first as the unexpected Messiah, and you read Scripture, believing what was said in last week's epistle that what was written in former days was written for our instruction. And you say your prayers to Jesus with a fervor and sometimes even an anguish, the kind displayed by John the baptizer as he too prays from prison today. And you come to church, to this divine service, and to the altar, and you live from the Eucharist in generosity and peace and justice and mercy. And you leave out into the world, and you name good, good. And you name evil, evil. You actually bear fruit that befits repentance. And what? You get punished. You get prison. It is one of my greatest sadnesses in the church when I see one of these young pastors behind me, 
or an elder or a member of our governing board or a leader or a simple volunteer get dinged for doing the right thing just like the baptizer. And like John, I want to know why. And I think that most times you would like to know why too. Just like John the baptizer sitting in prison wants to know why. But in the gospel for today, Jesus does not tell us why. Jesus does not tell us why we suffer, even as we belong to him. For Jesus, it is not the important question, and it may not even be on the radar. Instead, Jesus redirects us. Jesus does not explain. He does not tell us why. He simply tells us what. What is happening, says John the baptizer. Jesus says, go tell John what you hear and what you see. The fact of the matter is, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the poor get to hear good news too. And blessed are those that do not take offense. What is happening? Go remind John the baptizer that I do not do my work by force. What I've brought... And what I give is for the little and the last and the lost and the least and the dead. You tell John that everybody is in and nobody is out. You tell John that mercy is on the horizon and it is washing up. And it may not have gotten to him or to you yet in your particular prison, but it will. Tell John that the world is changing. Tell John that Eden is coming near. Tell him that life is being restored. And remind John that if you want to save your life, you lose it. And blessed are those who do not take offense at me. The next time something horrible happens to you, and you come to your pastor and ask why, Do not be surprised if he says, I don't know why. I can't explain it. But I do know what. I do know what Jesus is doing. Jesus is coming to be born for you. And Jesus is moving on to Jerusalem to die for you. And Jesus will rise for you. Jesus baptized you into his cross. And he forgives you at his Eucharist. And he has drawn you into a new life of glory. So, in any given circumstance, in any given prison, Jesus is for you and not against you. And Jesus intends only good for you. And Jesus will see his kingdom come. And you all are part of that. And that is why the candle lightens in color today, no matter how difficult or dark life seems. It always moves from darkness to light. There is always good and always hope. And the bottom line is that Christ is always for you and not against you. At the end of the day, they went to the prison... And they cut off John's head 
and they put it in a bowl, and they took it to King Herod as a birthday present. It was a great sadness, and it was not what John expected or hoped for. But whenever you see an icon of John the baptizer, as he stands preaching in camel's hair and a leather belt, in the image of the prophet Elijah, there is always a bowl at his feet, and in the bowl lies his head, and on his face is the look of peace and serenity. With his death, John learned the unexpected secret of Advent. Our Lord always gives us what we ask or something better. And so there is always hope, even if you do not know why. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.